After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Representative Brian Schatz, member of the House of Representatives for the State of Hawaii and CEO of Helping Hands Hawaii, one of Hawaii's largest nonprofit social service agencies. Brian is running for position at the United States Congress. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Representative Brian Schatz. Welcome to our show, Brian. Aloha, Carrie. Aloha, Evan. Thanks for having me. So how did you get started in politics? Well, I was not one of those people who had uh, politics on my mind uh, until I was elected. As a matter of fact, when I was first elected, the day after your election, you go down to the Capitol and start to fill out really personnel paperwork. And I had to call a friend of mine to figure out which exit to take. I was not an insider. I um, had a background in nonprofit uh, work. I had uh, run something called Youth for Environmental Service. It was a nonprofit uh, organization that got young people involved in community service for the environment. And really how... Um, how I ended up in politics was that some of the uh, environmental work brought me to the legislature, and I had a few moments at the legislature that were frustrating. Uh, one uh, afternoon in particular, I remember a committee uh, hearing where I went to testify, and uh, uh, some of the members of the committee were actually um, not paying attention. One fell asleep, and uh, the chairperson was being kind of berating the, the, the public there. And so I went uh, to uh, my father's house for dinner that weekend, and I and I explained uh, my frustration and kind of vented to him. And he said, well, why don't you run for office? And I told him, well, you know, I'm at the time I was 25 years old. I said, well, I'm 25 years old. You don't run for office when you're 25. And he said, yes, you do. Uh, in Hawaii, you sure do run for, for office when you're 25 years old. And explained to me that Hawaii's history is full of, of young politicians, including our, our senior senator, who was first elected to the United States House uh, at 34 and Calvin Say, who's the current Speaker of the House, was elected at 22. And so I, uh, I decided that an extension of my public service in the not-for-profit community could be in politics. And um, I took a chance in 1998 and was, uh, was given a chance by the people of Makiki, uh, Tantalus, and Manoa and, and uh, got elected by a very slim margin, but uh, kind of shocked the world at that point. How did you choose a member for the House of Representatives? You know, how did I choose the, the State House? Correct. The legislature is where, uh, in my view, a lot of the most important uh, choices get made on behalf of, uh, of the state of Hawaii. Environmental issues, issues related to health, any social issues, they all go to the legislature. And the county makes very important decisions, but they're all municipal in nature. And some people get really excited. I remember sitting down with a, with a certain uh, city council person, and he was so excited about a s specific technology with respect to wastewater treatment. And, uh, you know, if you ever watch uh, Olelo or whatever and the, you see the city council, the, it's all municipal. It's all sewers and sidewalks and municipal stuff. And it's not really my cup of tea. I was more interested in the big policy questions and uh, felt that the legislature was a better fit for me just personally. 
So how's your experience been? What's your average day like? Well, the average day is long. Uh, as you know, the legislature only meets uh, four months, four or five months out of the year. And so we're in the thick of it, actually, right now. And it's quite busy and it's quite long. One of the things that is different than uh, you know normal private sector work is that the, the hours are actually longer at the legislature, but there is a lot of just having to be there physically. It's not that you're actually required to deliver work product. You just have to be available for votes. You have to be available to answer any questions from colleagues. You have to hear from people. So you might have a 16-hour day, but it's not the same kind of 16-hour day as somebody running their own small uh, business or you know somebody working as a contractor. Uh, it's long, but it's a different kind of work. So how are you managing your time then between running the nonprofit, which is a large nonprofit locally, and doing you know your public service? Well, I joke that um, it's um, I don't know how I would have done it without a BlackBerry uh, or coffee. But um, you know, as a practical matter, um, my not-for-profit organization, Helping Hands Hawaii, is extraordinary because we really have a management team of about twelve people who really make the place work. So um, most of them report either to me or to the chief operating officer. And uh, whether it's in uh, psychiatric services to adults with mental illness or providing school supplies for uh, needy kids or uh, our retired and seniors volunteer program, I'm confident that each one of the programs is always being run very well. Uh, so, But really my chief operating officer and my senior management team make sure that on a day-to-day -day basis the place is being run well. It is tough occasionally. I mean, I do have very, very long hours. I might finish a 13-hour day at the legislature and then put in another three or four with helping hands and then, you know, uh, and then fall down when I get home. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Representative Brian Schatz, member of the House of Representatives for the State of Hawaii and CEO of Helping Hands Hawaii, one of Oahu's largest nonprofit social service agencies. So, Brian, can you tell us a bit about Helping Hands, why you got involved, um, what they do? Sure. Uh, Helping Hands is is a, a pretty large social service agency. We have 145 employees and about a $6 million budget. It's a funny thing about Helping Hands. A lot of people in the state of Hawaii have heard of our programs, but not necessarily of the overall agency that administers them. So uh, we run something called Ready to Learn, which uh, provides school supplies for needy kids. About 9,500 needy kids every year get a uh, Ready to Learn school packet uh, from 
from the Big Island to Maui to all over the state, uh, public and private school, if there's a needy kid out there, we try to make sure that they have at least a very basic uh, school supplies packet. Uh, we also run something called the Retired and Seniors Volunteer Program, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. We refer seniors to opportunities to really help their community. We have a lot of uh, seniors who are done working for money, but they're not done being productive in the community. And so we have uh, 750 seniors who work in hospitals and at museums and uh, uh, for other not-for-profits and just, you know, make the world continue to work. And um, it's one of my greatest pleasures to work with those seniors and to me, this is one of the most important things uh, that has to be done in the state of Hawaii. We have something called our behavioral health programs, and we take care of the most mentally ill adults in the state of Hawaii. And the reason that I think this is so important is because, you know, I've run several other not-for-profits, and even from within our agency, this is the most difficult thing to raise money for and to raise awareness of because it is just not the same as... For instance, school supplies for kids. You know, it's not that warm and fuzzy thing. It's um, it's difficult to uh, to get corporate sponsorship, you know, and to get even uh, community foundation sponsorship for taking care of adults with severe and persistent mental illness, for the schizophrenics, for those with post-traumatic stress disorder coming out from either one of the Gulf Wars or the Vietnam Wars. Uh, these are the sickest people in our state mentally, and I think it's the measure of our society how well we take care of people like that. And um, it's been a real learning experience for me to watch our doctors and our case managers and our psychiatric nurses take care of about 500 adults. These are the people you might see on Fort Street, you might see in some of the parks. And they're people, frankly, that a lot of us would cross the street to avoid, but they're humans and they're our neighbors and they need help. And uh, it's something that I, th I really believe uh, the state of Hawaii has been remiss in taking care of those folks. It's not their fault that they have mental illness, and um, it is stigmatized. If you have a sickness in your stomach, nobody is shame. If you have a sickness sickness in your elbow or your heart, you just go straight to the doctor. If you if you have a sickness in your in your brain, then somehow people th feel that you are less than and to be made fun of or to be avoided. And uh, I think that has to change. And as our society matures, I think it will. Brian, where did you go to school, college, that is? I went to uh, Pomona College in, in Los Angeles. I majored in uh, philosophy. And, uh, you know, uh, part of my experience in, in Los Angeles firmed up the idea that, you know, kind of like, like you, Evan, um, and you, Carrie, that, um, that, that I really wanted to come home and, and do something for, for the state of Hawaii. And I actually wasn't sure at the time. Of course, I was majoring in philosophy, so my options were somewhat limited. But, um, you know, I knew that, um, living in LA and uh, traveling around uh, different parts of the country, that Hawaii was where I was going to raise a, a family, and I'm happy so, that I've been able to do that. But why? What happened when you were in LA that made you think this? Well, I think anybody who lives in LA for any period of time uh, gets that feeling like they want to go back to Hawaii. <laughs> My twin brother had the same experience. I mean, you know, uh, LA is not a not a terrible place, but it's nothing like Honolulu um, and nothing like the state of Hawaii. So. You know, I, we had our, frankly, our uh, our uh, Los Angeles experiences. We had, I had a gun pulled on me in a drive-through. I mean, I had a friend who was stabbed. I I had asthma from the smog. I was ready to go home. <laughs> so, what made you come home and get involved in that first nonprofit organization, that youth with the environment organization? 
Well, you know, I um, I was always passionate because I grew up um, surfing and hiking. I was always passionate about protecting Hawaii's environment. And one of the things that I experienced when I was coming up was that it seemed to me that young people really wanted to serve the environment and do something positive on the environmental level, but they didn't know where they could do something. And so Youth for Environmental Service was really designed to give young people an opportunity to uh, do something about the environmental problems they saw. And so it was very, very straightforward. And usually the best ideas are the most straightforward. It was essentially saying, young people, you want to help. Here's a way to help. You uh, uh, agencies that help the environment, you need volunteers. And we'll make the referral. We just served as a broker between those organizations that needed help and those people who wanted to help. And it was... uh, it really grew beyond our wildest imagination uh, very quickly, and uh, it eventually became a regional nonprofit organization, and we we involved uh, thousands and thousands of kids every year. And it was really, you know, I, I still look back on that, and probably through the rest of my life, I have to say this was probably the best job I will ever had have because I was I was younger, I had um, I had the opportunity to work in the field, you know, I, I still had some physical work, I was in beautiful places, I was. Um, you know, uh, flying all over the state to talk to young people and, you know, working in Hana and Kipahulu and Hilo and everywhere and and still getting good stuff done. And um, I just feel like it's the best job I'll ever have. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Representative Brian Schatz, member of the House of Representatives for the state of Hawaii. So, Brian, a lot of people, actually not a lot of people, but one of the main people in nonprofits said that the best nonprofit CEOs could run any Fortune 500 company, but the best CEOs in Fortune 500 companies couldn't always run the nonprofits. What, what do you think about that? Well, I, I would love to think that I could run a big not-for-profit or a big Fortune 500 company, but I think that... You know, the point is really well taken that not-for-profit administration, if done properly, is is business administration. I mean, it is supervising a business. It's managing cash flow. It's it's dealing with personnel issues. It's strategic planning. It's, it's operations. And so those who think that not-for-profits should be run day-to-day any differently uh, than for-profits, I think, are, are actually wrong. And that's one of the problems, uh, in my view, in the not-for-profit community is that until recently, there was a sense that there should be less rigor, less seriousness, uh, maybe even less focus on money uh, than in the for-profit community. And my view is that that's dead wrong. Uh, not-for-profits should be watching their cash flow. Not-for-profits should be trying to generate as much revenue as possible. They should be cold-hearted uh, when appropriate about what's working and what's not. Uh, they should run the place like a business. Now, there are moments where 
the core of your business uh, should dictate the kinds of decisions that you make. Uh, let me give you an example. We had an opportunity at Helping Hands to take on uh, a piece of business that would have increased our gross revenue by about 35% in one year. And we didn't think it was the right, this was in psychiatric services, and I talked to my clinical people and all of them, to a person, there were about nine people who weighed in on this question, and all of them said, you know, this isn't the right clinical model. This is not the best thing for the clients. And we talked to our financial people and said, whew, profitable though. Um, and we had a very long discussion about about what do we do here. I mean, here's this extraordinarily profitable opportunity, and yet it's really not uh, what we believe is best for the people that we serve. And so we made one of the decisions that I was the most proud of in my four and a half, five years at, at Helping Hands, and that is we actually turned down a huge piece of business. And that's because we are a not-for-profit, and we're allowed to do that. If you are a for-profit, especially if you're a publicly traded company, you know, you have a fiduciary obligation to to maximize revenues and to... And to um, and to make as much money as possible for your shareholders. Our obligation is different. Our obligation is to the people that we serve to do the best job that we can. And so while we were business-like, exactly like a for-profit corporation, all the way up until that point, the difference is that we were in a position to turn down revenue when we didn't think it was in the best interest uh, of, our, of our clients. And so, so it's one of those decisions nobody heard about, but uh, our team was very proud to have made that decision. It did sting a little, and... Uh, you know, there are moments where I think, oh, we could have been so much bigger, but that's not what it's about. Um, you know, I used to run a very small, um, uh, with my wife, I used to run a very small uh, uh, business. And, you know, I would always go around saying, you know, we're not, we're not a not-for-profit, you know, because my point was we're always giving stuff away. And now I have to go with my non-profit and say, you know, we're not-for-profit. And so, you know, you always want to strike that balance because you have a tendency in for-profit businesses to give it away and you have a tendency in not-for-profit businesses to try to grab every piece of, of revenue that you can. So it's always a matter of balance. Brian, you got involved in public service at a young age. What message could you give to our young listeners out there about getting involved in public service? Well, I think one of the, the questions that people always have for me is that and this, frankly, occurs with adults as well as uh, with kids. You know, the problems of the world and the problems of the state of Hawaii and even the problems in individual communities are so, often so overwhelming that it's difficult to figure out where to start. If, you don't, if you're not already plugged into an organization or some kind of avenue to make a difference, you know, you get this, well, what, what do I do? I mean, I, you know, I, I'm mad about the war or I want more entrepreneurs in the state of Hawaii or, or gosh, you know, I want to clean the beaches. People don't know where to start. And uh, I have a, a saying that I give to kids, and then I realized that it works actually for adults just as well. And it's start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And it's just to say that change in this world is generally speaking incremental. And it's hard work, and it's not always glamorous. So it is about making a change wherever you're in a position to make a change. It's not about saying, I hate this Iraq war, and therefore I'm going to stand on the street corner. It's not about saying, you know, I'm so mad about the uh, the sewage spill that I, I can't even see straight. It's about figuring out a way to go in the direction that you're trying to go. And so for me, it was starting a not-for-profit um, organization. And then ultimately, you know, I realized that I was passionate about certain political issues, so I ran, you know. And, and so everybody has to figure out where, where they are and what they have and then just 
take some action in the direction of making a difference. It doesn't have to, you know, sort of bite off the whole uh, half the apple. You know, just take a little uh, chunk out and um, you can make a difference. And, and I think it becomes addicting. Once you start to make even the smallest bit of difference, positive difference in your community and, and in your state and your nation, then you, you sort of can't stop. And, and I think you both know about that is that it's, there's this feeling, hey, we're making a difference. We might not be solving every problem in the world, but, but we're not on our butts anymore. And that's the main thing. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Representative Brian Schatz, member of the House of Representatives for the State of Hawaii and CEO of Helping Hands Hawaii, one of Oahu's largest nonprofit social service agencies. So, Brian, are you able to share with us a story, an inspirational story about a time when, you know, you were involved with Helping Hands Hawaii? And something that really impacted you because of the difference that you made being involved in public service. Yeah, you know, um, one of our programs is called the Community Clearinghouse, and in partnership with the Honolulu Advertiser and and KITV, we focus on families over the Christmas period, and uh, they they write about them in the newspaper or they uh, focus on them on television, and they tell the story of each of these families, and then people pour in with with uh, with whatever it is that these families need. And we actually help more than 7,000 families every year. And um, as CEO, um, for emergency assistance uh, for these families, I uh, sometimes sign off on, on, uh, on whether they receive their assistance or not. And it's just a one-page form. And so, you know, a lot of times you're just looking for are they eligible um, income-wise and, you know, and then is the amount in the right place. But one of these uh, stories really stuck out uh, with me and – um, we did get permission to use it, but it, it, was, it was pretty straightforward. You know, like I said, the form is really short, but this person um, attached several like additional documents. And what happened was um, this mother had um, divorced her husband um, because he had a drug abuse problem, and she was with her two kids. And she was finishing up undergraduate school in the evening, working during the day. She would see her kids. She would go to her class. 
And then, of course, it's just what everybody does with their kids. They shuffle between um, their parents and, the, you know, everybody's kind of pitching in to take care. And she had she had her life worked out, um, both in terms of timing and in terms of finances. And so she had this little rhythm going where she would um, go to work, see her kids, have dinner with them, then go to one class, then come home, put the kids to bed, then work on the computer on her on her coursework. And she was, I forgot, two or three classes from finishing. Well, long story short, her uh, computer broke. And for the rest of us, you know, I mean, unless you're totally destitute, your computer broke, you go, mm, my computer broke. I'm going to go get a new one or I'm going to go fix it. I need a new hard drive, a new motherboard, whatever. You just deal with it. Well, she was in no position to fix her computer. And so she attached a handwritten, it was the equivalent of a spreadsheet, where she showed all of her monthly expenses. And I've never seen this level of detail uh, for so little money. You know, it was like, I forgot what the exact number was, but we're talking about hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. And her margin was like $35 a month. So that everything was spoken for except $35 a month. And, you know, it was, you're talking food, utility, gasoline, everything. And so what she came to us and said is, look, I've never asked for any assistance from the government or from a not-for-profit in my life. And I'm kind of ashamed to do this because I just, you know, it doesn't feel right for me. But here's what I want. I want a $400 Dell computer. And she, you know, she printed out the one that she wanted uh, because nowadays you cannot turn in your handwritten uh, coursework anymore. You have to submit it by computer. And the professor uh, was not being flexible and asked her to go down to the library and do her work. And she was saying, I cannot take my kids once they're asleep. And my mother has been with the kids all day. I can't ask her to you know, live with me in our small apartment. So this is not going to work. I'm going to have to uh, drop out of school. So it's not the movies where something spectacular happens next. And because of confidentiality, we didn't you know, we're not able to follow up with all that. But, I, you know, this is what happened. We actually got her um, the computer that she asked for, and she was able to um, stay in school. And, you know, we wish her the best of luck. But like I said, it's not the movies where something extraordinarily spectacular happens ne- next. It just made me realize how uh, lucky I am. You know, I have a, a son and uh, 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 who's two years old. His name's Tyler. And, and, and my wife and I feel really lucky because we have both my parents and her parents to help us to take care. And we're not uh, wealthy, but we're not destitute. And, you know, with all of that help and with a strong family, it's still difficult to raise a kid. And I just thought about this single mom who was trying to juggle everything. And I felt so uh, proud, really, to be part of an organization that helped, you know, her in this situation. And and so when I think about the 7,500 families we serve every year, I really think about her. Uh, because, you know, a number is a number, 7,500. Sounds great. But really, I think about this mom who was able to stay in school and build a better life for her family because of the work that Helping Hands does. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.